Welcome to episode one of Rural Justice Redefined. I'm your host, Tara Kunkel, and I'm joined today by Judge Beth Heath, who presides over the 8th District Family Accountability and Recovery Court. Welcome, Judge Heath. Thank you. It's good to be here. So for our listeners who don't live in a rural community, what do you think is important for them to understand foundationally about what it's like to be a sitting judge in a rural community? So I think it's really important to understand that in a rural community that your your role is beyond and bigger than just being in the courtroom. And I think that's something that maybe we don't all anticipate when we first get involved. You just think you're going to be a judge and you're going to hold court and, and that's what you do. But um, what I've found is that my role has expanded way outside of the courtroom. And um, I'm in much more of a position to be able to uh, pull together and help create collaborations with community members and be able being able to assist the community with those folks brought together in identifying issues and um, and, and the partners that are necessary to address those issues, the ones that have the ability to do it, and the ones that have the desire to do it and to bring those folks together and sort of just kind of be there as a guide through processes that help address what's going on. I I don't think I anticipated it. Well, I know I didn't anticipate (laughs) that that's what I would be doing or that was the kind of role I would end up in. Yeah. So you, among many other duties, um, are the judge in a family drug treatment court. Um, You use the word partnership and collaboration. Um, What are some important partners um, in your family drug treatment court? And are there any new ones that have evolved over time as you have um, operated your court? What I finally came to, it took me a while, but what I finally came to and was able to create was a very strong relationship with my county government um, because uh, they agreed eventually to uh, take on the role as an applicant for grants and recipient and to initially run the funds through and be because that's you have to do that to make it work and so that was a big step that was a very important relationship one I still have took me years and years and years and to get to the point of, of having that. But finally with a county commissioner that got passionate about the opioid crisis and with a county manager that was willing to work on it, we were able to do that. Of course, important relationships also include your treatment providers and my kind of court and uh, the Department of Social Services. I have a great working relationship with my Department of Social Services. Um, we meet regularly. We talk regularly. Whatever's going on, we're able to try to work through some of those kind of issues. Um, also, one of the things that became important to us as we worked through was trying to figure out how to deal with housing issues. And and um, we've done that through partnerships with a, a local nonprofit um, and, and are able to have some housing for women that's transitional who are in drug court. There are other issues that, that, that we are still working on, we really haven't solved in a real satisfactory way yet, that are unique to rural communities, such as, like, well, especially transportation, because um, we don't have public transportation that is easily accessible 
Uh, the only sort of van we have that rides around, um, you have to make a re reservation 24 hours ahead of time to, to get that service. And of course, we do random drug testing, so they don't know till that morning it's a drug day. So that transportation doesn't work. Um, you know, I've had people, we've gotten bicycles for people. We've done all kinds of different things to try to get people where they need to get. But uh, so that those are kind of um, important um, partnerships. And I would just say kind of the last thing would be just the community as a whole. When you get out there and start talking about what you're doing with whoever, the person who does your hair, the person who does what whatever, and they hear about it, they get excited about it too, and they want to do something. So I've, I've been very fortunate um, once the ball started rolling that we've been able to have a lot of that kind of interest as well uh, people like to be involved they want to know about it they want to be asked and when you ask them they they volunteer and they come up with solutions and and things to do to to be a part of it you mentioned the opioid epidemic um, really helped you connect with a county commissioner um, who uh, was really thinking a lot about that issue. Can you talk a little bit more about how you slowly built that connection um, and any advice you have for other people trying to connect with their county government more? The thing about that is when the opioid crisis started with the prescription drugs, that affected all sorts of people. Um, across the board, men, women, different races, different socioeconomic groups. And I think it hit home with a lot of people that didn't have experience with people and their friends and families and church members that had substance use issues. So um, that was where we sort of were, I think, in, in our society. And when some people, they actually, they, they had various personal experiences with friends or whoever, and they became interested in it. And I just think that's what happened. And, and so um, I also think that's why there was a lot more funding around this time for um, us to be able to do these kind of things that we're doing. And so one of my county commissioners just became interested in that. And he actually pulled together an opioid collaborative and he brought together all sorts of different people from across the board, and he invited me to come to it, and I started going. And although I'd always known him, we were not like, um, you know, um, buddies. Um, so, um, but now we are. And I know I can call on him, and he is very supportive and interested in what we're doing. In fact, he is even... Uh, helps me reaching out to my other two counties where I might not have as close a relationship with county commissioners because, you know, they they listen to each other and all that. So that and the fact that he was on board and we had a new county commission, uh, county manager in place and he he had um, he was just interested and uh, willing to talk about new and different things because he was new. That's amazing. Going back to housing, housing is such a challenge in every community, and I would imagine even more so in a rural community. How did you go about um, getting funding to tackle housing? So again, this is a partnership. Uh, we, we, we don't, 
we didn't have a lot of options about that. We had a domestic violence shelter, uh, but that was specifically for women that were in DV situations. And all of our folks didn't qualify for that. And besides, that's a very short-term solution. Um, so there is a, a, a man in, in my town who had started a nonprofit organization, and it was a restora housing restoration project um, called um, Hope Restorations, and he uh, was buying property, um, working on it, getting it livable, giving people who had substance use issues jobs so that they and, and a place to live uh, while they were working on cl getting clean issues. And um, he, he just, that was a, a passion of his. And so... I just met him and we started um, talking. I kept saying, look, I, you've got to get something for women. You've just got to do something for women because I need, you know, I need some place for these ladies to go. And we just kept talking about it. And then when it came, when I got to the point that I was um, trying to put together this gr last grant that we got, um, he, he became a partner in that uh, with us. And so the house is amazing. It's a, it's an old turn of the century house and um, he's got his offices downstairs, upstairs or rooms. Um, and, and for example, um, some of my lady friends in, in my town, they, they, they needed some decorations. Those rooms did, and he'd gotten them all fixed, you know, structurally and all of that. But, this group of ladies all got together. They adopted rooms and they went in and they just did everything. And it's beautiful. And so far we've had a, a few folks in there now and, and they love it. And it's, it, it's just like a lot of times they walk in there and they're like, I, you know, I've never, never been in a place like this. I've never been able to, to stay in a place like this. And I'm so excited to be able to, not just for the like material aspect of it, but we also have, um, you know, uh, support there. There's a housing manager. There are other supportive women that are there that are work with them, and it, it's just a and it's it's very central to a lot of the other activities. And he is actually spreading over and expanding into one of my other counties now. So we hope that that's going. His project is going to be a, a more of a regional or at least district-wide um, effort like our court is. You mentioned writing a grant to get some funds for housing. How did that grant get written? Of course, I didn't learn how to write grants. I went to law school, knew nothing about grant writing. Um, but I, I knew about, we had a program, uh, a drug court program in another county in North Carolina, um, in Robeson County that has done very, very well. And I became friends with the judge down there and they, they did a lot of, they got a lot of different kinds of grants to run that. And that's kind of when I started thinking about it. Then I went to various training. I met some of some of you guys and folks that you work with out at um, train at a workshop out in uh, Tennessee and just um, talked about what some of those possibilities were working with the National Center for State Courts and um, and my state office. And and just we also participated in a project with Blue Cross and Blue Shield and the, the North Carolina School UNC School of Government. 
And grant all during that time, I was working on something similar to a grant. So I applied for one back in 2013 and I, I didn't know anything. I was just sort of working on that and typing it up myself. Of course, we didn't get it, but I ordered copies of, um, other applicants that did get it. And so I looked at them and studied them and kind of took the notes and just kept working on it and developed relationships with, I don't know how else to describe it. It has had about 50 versions. So before we um, wrap up, what advice would you offer to a- another rural judge um, who who wants to do something maybe similar to you or has identified similar challenges in their community and, and doesn't know where to start? Um, what advice would you offer? So if there's any way possible, I would recommend if you have any funds to be able to do any kind of training, I would try to go to some something like the National Drug Court Professional uh, Yearly Conference because they just there's so many resources and you learn so much from that about everything. Um, if you can't do that, then they have an excellent website that's got lots of information on it. So does the National Center for State Courts. So does the National Drug Court Institute. All of those resources, I really didn't know about them when I started. I don't know if they were even there. That Maybe they were there because this, I don't know, but I didn't know about them. Uh, so I would recommend going and looking on all of those things and try to go to some training. And then locally, the next thing, well, and of course, visiting anywhere you might be able to go visit and see how they do it. Um but then locally, I think it's really important if you're going to have to go through raising your own money and be running your own business, like that's what this is, um, is you've got to develop that relationship with, because in North Carolina, like I can't take in money, right? The way our system is set up, you've got to have an entity. Now it could be a nonprofit organization. It could be some treatment provider, or like in my case, it could be your county. Um, and of course, the great thing about the county is um, it's it's kind of always going to be there. <laughs> and um, they have, an, a, in my opinion, a vested interest in um, being involved in projects like this. And really what I've found is one thing kind of leads to another with the whole business. You just don't give up. That's my biggest piece of advice is don't give up. Just keep going. Mm-hmm. People tend to view, who don't live in rural communities, tend to view rural communities um, with some sympathy that they're missing something or um, they tend to focus on the, the, the things that they don't have. What would you say about what it's like to live in a rural community? Well, I'm sure I've been one of those people at times it talked a lot about what I didn't have, but also when you start really pulling all this stuff together and you really think about it, there's so much you do have that you can work with that can make a big difference in, in these um, kind of programs. Um, I mean, I'll give you examples like, um, I, I need a um, webs. I need a website. Okay, I can't create a website. I'm working right now with a college student, um, a friend of a friend of mine, and you know he's a whiz. 
that, that kind of stuff. And he's going to help me. He's helping me with that. Um, you know, again, the, the ladies that just come up with the room and do the bedspreads and all that kind of thing. It, it's just, you have more resources than you think you do. Okay. Judge Heath, it's been really a pleasure um, to chat with you today. Thank you so much. Well, thanks for having me this evening, and I've enjoyed being able to talk with you about my program. I love to talk about it, so if there's anybody out there that wants to ask me questions or chat sometime, I would be happy to um, talk with them. <laughs>